0: Welcome to Dead House. I am Dylan, and you're gonna die. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. One day. <laughs> That's it. There's, there's not many uh like fun or cheery quotes to make in this movie, I think. Yeah, this is a this is a downer
1: this film. But uh before we get into that, <laughs> I think I got what you had. I am now uh clogged up and my left ear is blocked and yeah, I'm look, being I, snotty.
0: I can only apologize so much cuz I don't think you do have it mm. I was fine I'm better now mm. You know 99% In my left ear
1: Yeah I didn't cough <laughs> up anything But now my dad is So I don't know <laughs> It's it's mutating It goes from person to person uh,
0: Other than the sickness How have you been I think Where there was a uh, A certain concert That oh, you went to yes. Taylor Swift <laughs> <laughs> No pink No I uh, I was lucky enough To
1: catch Blink 182 On Monday night And It it was the original lineup, which I was so stoked for because Travis has not flown for years after his plane crash incident <laughs> and uh, Tom quit the band for a number of years there and I got to th- see the three on the one stage
0: and it was glorious. Dope. I'm yes. not a big Blink-182 fan. It's kind of a oh, blast. Just a, just a missing spot in my teenage years. See, I'm like that with Mike M. Like, I never got into My Chemical Romance, but... I mean, but neither did I. I think my big one that's in the same vein of them was Escape the Fate and uh, oh, yeah. Bull For My Valentine. Yeah, but, fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, I never got into the the super emo stuff, I guess.
1: Mm, mm. Well, I mean, Blink only really had one record that was... I guess you could call emo. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like a lot of dick jokes, a lot of insulting <laughs> each other's mothers in between songs. Mm-hmm. It was sick. I was, I was there for it. But um, you know what else I watched is... Uh, I I finally watched Audition. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I think they released like a, what would it be? 25th anniversary?
0: You're telling the story. Yeah, it
1: came out in 99, yeah. So it'd be like a 25th year anniversary, uh, like Blu ray re release with really cool slipcase as well. Mm-hmm. Some cool artwork.
0: What do you think of that? Uh, uh,
1: and leg scene. <laughs> I see what you mean now, where Salton <laughs> uh, reminded you of that. I very much enjoyed this movie, I was just surprised that it's like a two hour film and it's only
0: really horror in like the last 15 minutes Yeah, it's, it's contentious to call it a horror it, Yeah uh, But I mean, it's definitely horror, mm. but it's a, like hell of a slow burn Yeah, yeah, worth
1: it though, if you can mm. stick it out, it's a very good film
0: If you can read subtitles, <laughs> if, if you're fine with foreign films
1: Yeah. what about you? Well, what's your week consists of? Uh, so look,
0: far? here's some behind the scenes we recorded what three days ago. <laughs> I've done nothing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. I've, I've recovered. recovered from my sickness. Yeah, and I've worked, and that is it. On the grind. Yes, but we are recording early because mm. uh, neither of us are available. Going to be available this weekend. I'm, yeah, we have got a big weekend coming yeah, up. I guess you're flying to what Melbourne, and I'm going down to the Gold Coast.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll have a bit to talk about the next time.
0: Yes,
1: but uh, yeah. So I, I just realized too. We're recording on a Wednesday night when we
0: post in the Dead Eds group, so
1: whoever got in early, like, that's it. If, yep. you, if you're intending
0: to reply later, then you've missed the cut. A little, little incentive to reply to those questions early. Yeah, actually, well, sooner. Maybe, maybe if, if enough people reply, maybe next week we'll give a quick rundown of, yeah. of anyone else who answered. Do a recap. But I also want to say, like, you'd think... Recording like Wednesday night mm. We'd be safe from the mower man Like before <laughs> you got here He was out fucking his Mowing his, yawn, you, his lawn
1: You are kidding me No what?
0: He's dedicated What he have night vision goggles He's on? He's dedicated
1: What the hell
0: That's but, whack But I mean On the bright side We should be safe f- from now
1: <laughs> That's funny okay. Right. okay
0: How about we get into this episode? What are we talking about today? Did yeah we, Did we mention it already? I can't remember No
1: No I'm keen for this So today we're talking about Smile, 2022 film. Very recent, two yeah. years. Aside from House of Usher, this is the most recent film we've discussed on
0: this pod at length. True, yeah. Which other, is, other than a few mentions here or there.
1: Yeah, which I think is a, a good point to make, that you can still churn out great horror, you know, literally a century on from its conception. So, But yeah, so I... Have mentioned this on the pod before. Uh, when I I saw it for the first time, kind of late last year, after you mm. suggested it to me, and it I was is. very impressed. And uh, I think back then I described it as like it follows meets the happening. Oh, but yeah, the more I think about it, it's more like inspired by the ring. I was
0: really. going to say I, I definitely see it as a it follows cross the ring because mm. it kind of focuses on like the. Like a a, pa- a portion of the movie is like the procedural side of it. They do a bit of investigating. There's a cop who helps find some, you know, mm. behind the scenes stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the fact that like not only is it you witness something and then you got to pass it on, but also the like the week deadline. Yeah, and very specifically
0: much. we might get into it later. But there's a there's a a shot slash sequence that is very reminiscent of the wing the wing <laughs> the ring that I'm sure probably would have been like a homage and that they were specifically going for.
1: Yeah, okay, I'm keen. I'm keen. I think as well, like the, the only way it like ties in with the happening, by the way, is that people kill themselves in horrific ways.
0: Okay. I think that's not enough of a connection to say it's <laughs> like the happening.
1: Yeah, it's not pollen that's spreading on the wing <laughs> the wind that's making them do it.
0: Uh, no.
1: Um but yeah, like I, I guess yeah, like like the ring meets it follows will say.
0: Yes. And, and I I recommended this movie to you because I first saw it at our friend's house. Hmm. And I had, like, zero to no to low expectations for it. Mm. I'd I'd seen that shitty fucking Truth or Dare movie. Uh, which yeah, Which, the only reason they made that movie was because they had a name of a movie called Truth or Dare. And they're like, hey, let's make a horror movie about Truth or Dare. It was dog oh, shit. Oh, they
1: did a Friday the 13th. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, uh, yeah, but that worked out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh So, that was a terrible movie. And just because I saw one picture to do with this movie of someone smiling, I'm like, well, that's practically the same movie. Mm, and mm. I was... Solely mistaken Yeah It is yeah. Uh, Much better Higher production value of, and high, yeah. Much higher budget Which should have been A good indication Was Truth or Dare A
1: Blumhouse? Production? It was a Blumhouse so oh, I can okay. only give them You know they would So add, like, much what, 5 mil or something To work with Yeah
0: And uh, you know Sometimes Blumhouse hits Sometimes mm. it does not
1: Yeah fair And I mean I was pleasantly surprised With this um, Particularly with like The way it was shot I think it's a beautiful film as horrific as some scenes are, it's really nicely done.
0: Oh, yes. There's, I think, one sequence in particular, not to get into it too much yet, but, mm. like, the first time they bring, I can't remember her name, but the the first victim you see kill herself mm. in, like, the hospital room, who, the one who passes it to the main character. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, when she arrives at the hospital, and it's, like, that drone or camera shot looking down, oh, and the dude. ambulance arrives, and then they take her in, and then the shot, like, hands pans up and goes through the fucking window. Yeah. It's all in one unbroken shot. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Hella smooth. So I guess uh, a bit of background. Smile was written and directed by Parker Finn. So another kind of uh, auteur in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's done anything since, to my say, knowledge.
0: Was this his debut film?
1: It wasn't his debut. I think okay. it was his third from memory. But I okay. don't think he's been credited with anything since. But, right. um, interestingly... Starring Sosie Bacon, daughter of Kevin Bacon.
0: <laughs> I I found that out, like, this week. Yeah. That surprised the hell out of me.
1: I didn't know until I did some research for this pod. And as soon as I saw that, I could totally see it in her
0: facial features. I still don't see it. Okay. But, okay. I mean, I get it from the acting chops. Like, I like oh, Kevin yeah. Bacon as an actor. And then this, this lady here is, oh, a, yeah. is a damn good actor. She like, was brilliant. People want to talk about Nepo babies and, like, <laughs> Hollywood filled with just people who get acting roles because their parents are famous but mm. she's good she yeah. deserves it like I'd, it would be very in poor taste to call her an EPO baby just because mm. her father happened to also be an actor
1: yeah very compelling in a range of different emotions as well oh yeah and the body language and everything was yeah i, I wouldn't be surprised if we see her pop up and a few more horrors to come uh we also had kyle golner jesse t <laughs> usher caitlin stacy who's the Chick, you were just talking about mm-hmm. the first victim who is Australian. Australian, yep. Yeah, so from
0: what, Tomorrow when the war began? Was she in that? She was in that, yeah. yeah. And it's probably the only thing I've seen her in. <laughs> and weirdly enough, Cal Penn, who was also yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, honestly, he was probably my second favourite character in the movie. Yeah, I want to see him in more dramatic roles. Yeah, well, he he kind of took a break. Because obviously his big, I guess, claimed fame was probably Harold and Kamar, right? Yeah. That's what everyone knows him from. Yeah. And then do you know what he went and did? In, like instead of acting for a while, uh, I know it was something like wholesome. It was, it was like a pol- well, not a politician, but he was working with Obama and like with the Obama in administration, as oh, like wow, a, a higher up, helping people and shit. Yeah, cool. And then he returned if to, the to the acting for this one. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, he's actually quite a good serious actor. Yeah, and so caring too, like very wholesome mm, in this movie, very warm.
1: Yeah, I was surprised. And uh, we mentioned before it had a bit more of a budget than. Blumhouse stuff. So, Smart was made on a budget of seventeen million and went on to make two hundred and seventeen million.
0: Yes, very, very successful. This one, yeah, and I'm we. Glad.
1: Ch- yeah, I, I found it interesting because this was a sleeper hit to me because I remember. Uh, seeing it at work, um, we arranged a lot of software titles. And I remember seeing it on the shelf and people buying it. And it was going through the till for ages. And I was like, what is this film? <laughs> like, I had not heard anything about it. And like you, I saw kind of the, the creepy smile on the front and just suspected it was like Truth or Dare mm-hmm. and one of those shitty, um, like, B-grade uh, horrors. And yeah, pleasantly surprised. Oh, so yeah. totally recommend this. Um, there's a reason we're, we're doing it. Uh, yeah. A film that's so... Recent, um, another really cool thing about this was none of the actors' smiles were digitally altered, so they were all just legit creepy facial expressions. I
0: think that's a like a key key difference between this and that mm. Truth or Dare. Like, it looks realistic, obviously because it is. They yeah. are smiling, but it's just such they do such a good job in making creepy smiles. Yeah, yeah, it, it's beautiful.
1: I think the way that um, Finn. Directed them to do those sequences. Is he said, "Have the like biggest cheesy evil grin you can possibly muster, but don't change your eyebrows." So he's like, "Keep dead eyes, but just have the biggest grin and
0: maintain it." That's kind of what I do anyway. I barely smile naturally, so when I fake smile, it is just <laughs> a, like a quick yeah. And then I've caught, I've caught myself doing like a like a Patrick Bateman where you know when he's leaving the laundromat mm. and he smiles at someone and then. Before he even leaves the frame, his face oh, just drops Deadpan I've caught myself doing that to people like at work or at yeah. the shops Where I was like, oh yeah, cool Welcome to customer yeah. service <laughs> I've also just realised that I did a, a visual cue to <laughs> on an audio co- podcast They get what you mean uh,
1: And weirdly enough, the title card, which was quite strange
0: Yeah, it was like a, like a raid. It's like a
1: siren yeah. yeah Does not appear until 13 minutes in so that opening sequence just is really captivating. Yeah,
0: because when when does it happen? Is that after the, the patient kills herself first up?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, another really cool bit of marketing was in the, the days leading up to the release, some of the actors would appear in the background of crowds on live TV, just <laughs> like looking down the barrel of the camera with that smile on, and they just
0: had a shirt that said smile. Okay, I was about to ask how does that promote the movie, but yeah. if okay, they have some sort of promotional material on them.
1: Yeah, they're at like, um, yeah, morning show crowds, baseball games, things like that. I just think that's a brilliant idea for creepy marketing to just create like that word of mouth. Like, mm. what is smile? What does that mean? Do you want to do a quick synopsis for the listeners?
0: Well, if we, so, if we're talking about like a synopsis, I'd say this movie is about, it follows one main character, mm. Rose, who gets infected with A curse Similar to like It follows Mm. And the curse is transmitted Through witnessing trauma Or someone killing themselves And then she just kind of Delves into madness And Until Either you kill yourself Or you eventually Pass it on Mm.
1: Yeah It kind of taunts her And she's not seeing things And Um, Everyone just thinks she's going crazy.
0: Mm. Yeah. And uh, I love films like this. I think I've said it before, but there's something about a film that just follows one character just devolving into madness that I love. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, this is portrayed very well. And you genuinely feel for her because the closest people to her don't believe her. Uh, It's just fortunate that one of the main detectives is her ex. (laughs) Yes. Which she still loves. Sure, who, yeah. who she still loves, I of should course. say, which is uh, creates a bit of tension between her and her fiance. Um, they also, train. also yeah, also the fact that fiance is like trying to find out what's wrong with her by reaching out to her therapist.
0: Yeah, so this whole movie, let's let's get on top of it because it'd be kind of weird to talk about the movie without talking about the whole message and themes of the movie. Mm. But the whole movie is just an allegory for mental illness and. And uh, and stuff like that And mm. how people are treated Or treat like themselves And how they find help And mm. so I guess The husband is kind of He he portrays that character Of someone who Wants to help But doesn't actually Want to take the steps Necessary to help Yeah Like they'll be there to say Oh Like what's wrong And, and they'll say Oh that sucks
1: He'll give moral support But when what? she starts breaking He's uncomfortable
0: Yeah won't, won't actually do anything to help Whereas like the, the detective ex-boyfriend mm. Is the one who actually does something to help Which yeah. I have thoughts about In terms of the themes of this movie Okay
1: It's also important to note That the main character, Rose Is a psychiatrist <laughs> Yes so, I,
0: And I think it's very interesting To to like frame The whole movie around this main character Where like She, she is She's what, who you go to She's who you go to And so is. Yeah it's It's kind of weird to see it <laughs> instead of from an everyday person, like she deals with this stuff every day and then Mm. she's the one it's happening to. So who can she go to? Which is
1: particularly interesting when she has like sessions with her own therapist is because she can like articulate what she's going through from a clinical perspective. And she's like, oh, I'm experiencing this. I need this medication. These these are the symptoms so far. It's just, um, yeah, it's it's
0: cool to to see that. I've heard the doctors make the worst patients. Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean... Look at, the, look at the everyday man who diagnoses himself on Google and then, you know, imagine if you actually have a doctor's degree and then it's just, well, I know what's wrong with me. Yeah. But um, anyway, anyway, back the, to Smile. The, the movie Smile.
1: <laughs> you know what's sick? I mentioned before the the really cool cinematography. That opening shot, how I believe it's all one take and it like rotates from this dead
0: woman. Yeah. <laughs> OD'd in bed. Which is wild. and And I feel like that might be like a... In the like in this decade, maybe mm. like that might be a big opening for horror movies that they they want to like focus on. Yeah, because it seems to be a common reoccurrence of just starting the movie with a horrible tragedy where someone's dead. Mm. You know, like yeah. you got this, you got fucking Midsummer. They're the only two that I can think of at this very <laughs> second. Well, I was gonna <laughs> say even it follows like it's not
1: the first. Because that whole opening is one shot Which is beautiful But yeah. then when it cuts
0: to the chick Like mangled on the beach Yeah, I mean I feel like if you go back The old horror movies Were kind of focused on And even it follows Oh, Texas kind, Chainsaw? Yeah, we're kind of focused on like Alright, here's someone being killed by the killer And mm. that's how they open the movie Get people interested Whereas maybe these days It's just focusing on Here's a dead person mm. And this is the inciting incident That causes like the main character have so much grief or trauma or unresolved issues. Yeah, okay. Like it backpedals for the rest of the film. Yeah, which I guess that kind of makes sense because movies that use it aren't focusing on like a slash or a killer. They're focusing on the main character having emotional or mental trauma. Mm. And so they're like, oh, well, this is the inciting incident. Yeah, yeah. Launching point from here.
1: And what's particularly interesting about this is um, it's like it becomes a recurring scene really mm. throughout the film because as you said you know the curse or the entity or whatever that's uh pursuing rose uh it like it follows it can take the form of loved ones or people familiar to you yeah and so uh, as the film unravels you kind of get this strong undertone of uh, well overtone i guess of grief and and guilt and trauma mm-hmm. and she kind of explicitly states in a therapy session that um Oh, well, sorry, the therapist states to her, Do you think you're going through this because you still have guilt mm-hmm. for your mother? And then when there's the tension between her and her sister, you kinda get the vibe that, um, you know, their uh Mother killed herself and that, you know, they felt bad that they couldn't do anything to help, kind of thing. Um, you know, what what did they do wrong that made her want to leave, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. go down that rabbit sure. hole. But then obviously it reveals later in the film that it was accidental, and the mother didn't want to die, or maybe she took a bunch of pills, changed her yeah, mind.
0: Yeah, I, I, I view it as more of the second one, where it's a suicide attempt, but yeah. then was regretted in the moment. But then Rose denied help. <laughs> yeah, which is what? She was scared. How how old was she? Like, I, don't know, I don't know, like 10 or 10, something. 10 something like that. And also, it's kind of hinted that she was an abusive mother. mm like I think the sister when they're having that conversation on the porch, the sister kind of says, "I was the oldest, so I got the worst of it. That's why I had to leave." Yeah, and uh, and even I think in that like flashback scene when she's a kid, mm. I think she says like, "I was just, I was afraid of you." Yeah, yeah. So it kind of kind of leans into that. And so Probably had
1: some episodes.
0: Oh sure, yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. So it's like she would have just been a kid. She didn't have the best relationship with her mother. When you're confronted with something like that, you know, it's fight or flight, right? So she probably just didn't know what to do and, and that's why when the mother was like asking for help, she just backed out of the room. But yeah, um, yeah the film really kind of is a metaphor for her just holding onto that for her whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, even becoming, you know, a professional psychiatrist because of that. And um, I really liked that the final act lets her kind of get that closure. Sure. Even though it's a bleak <laughs> ending. <laughs> yeah. Which I was not expecting the first time I watched this. Yeah. But I very much enjoy it.
0: Yeah, there I, there was a lot of bad reception for the movie and a lot of discourse online mm. because some people are trying to say that well, what's the message of this movie? Like, you have this trauma, you have this mental illness, mm. you can't escape it. At the end, in the end, you'll die anyway. But yeah, I don't see that. I think it's more like you may get this stuff, so treat it when you can before mm. it gets to this point. Sort of, sort of the main message, the main theme is. Before the movie takes place Like take care of it Before Mm. this happens to you Nib it at the bud It's a cautionary tale
1: Yeah, yeah Good point bringing that up And I'll mention it now Because I was going to talk about it later But uh, Often throughout the film The main character, Rose Is like Snapped out of Hallucination Or she's interrupted By a phone ringing And I kind of got that vibe Like it's Someone trying to get in Specifically to talk
0: No, fair I think also The very literal Way that I saw that Is kind of Like the reason her mother died Is because she didn't Oh, she didn't call, call for help Yeah like She's didn't. like, yeah, call someone And she did not call And so even Yeah Like the, the The way this Starts happening to her Is she answers a call In her office When she's meant to be going home mm. And so it's kind of like Well, she can't let a, a Phone call go unanswered Nowadays Because yeah. she didn't make that call And then yeah. Caused her this whole life of trouble
1: Yeah, I didn't make that connection But that's Yeah Nice Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, when when uh, in the opening you, you first see Caitlin Stacy's character come in and she's, like, manic and um, gets put into this room with Rose who's essentially got to calm down and find out what's happening. So, she gets taken to ER because she witnessed a man kill himself with a hammer. Yes. And uh, <laughs> she's freaking out, right? rightfully so. Um, and then she's saying, you know, she's paranoid and she's saying, I, I'm being pursued by this thing. Um, you know, sometimes it looks like people I know and Rose says, oh, is it in the room with you? And she says, no. And they kind of, you know, had this... Um, they try to build this rapport so Rose can try and help her and find out what's going on. And then kind of like the the Babadook scene when the kid just stops and freaks out in the backseat. Mm, she kind yeah. of like looks behind her and sees it. And she she freaks out, which is awesome performance, by the way.
0: Yeah, I think the entire scene is an awesome performance. Because she's kind yeah. of got a. She's really got to set up the whole movie. And mm. like she's got to be the example of why we're going to be afraid for the main character, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. And what makes this so compelling is you don't see what she sees. So your first... Because by (sighs) the way, this is before the title card even. Yeah. So the first 10 minutes of the film, this person's freaking out, visibly scared for their life. And then she just starts getting like choked by an unseen force. And in this... Sorry, not to cut you off, but then I
0: love that once you see the final bit of the movie, you can like... Paint the picture of what actually happened back in that scene. Yeah. Would have been terrifying. Because it it turns out it would be the monster is climbing into her mouth. And that's why she stopped screaming and is choking.
1: Yeah, dude. That was... That was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so she freaks out. And then uh, there's like a bit of a struggle and knocks a a vase over that was holding some flowers on a table. And then Rose sort of gets up, backs towards the phone. Again, nice touch. Um, And then the chick just... Has this freaky-ass smile on her face. <laughs> grabs
0: a jagged piece and just, like, digs it into her cheek. And it then is, brings it down to, like, cut her throat. I love how extended it is. Like, it, yeah. it's a long, lingering shot where, unflinching too, where yeah. she just it's cuts. like a, It's like a 10-second cut. Yeah, which, I mean, in, of course, it's in, like, the shape of a smile where she cuts. She's giving herself a new smile.
1: Yeah, yeah. I also like that it's not symmetrical. Like I'd, it, it I'd, shows how rough need, and jagged I it is. Symmetry
0: in my life, man, <laughs> bothered me. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, I do love how though it leads to a shot later where it shows her body in the morgue, and it's like it's such an obvious symbolism for the smile. But yeah. like, it's just a good looking shot yes. where she's she's under a white sheet, and it's just the blood soaked sheet makes her smile.
1: Yeah, like the the blood from the wound. Yeah, that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. That would be my shot that I'd frame in this film. Okay, that would that was one. in the
0: running. That was that was one of two. Okay, okay, we'll get to that. If I here, here you go. If I had a band, that would be my album cover. Oh, okay. Kind of reminiscent of I don't know. How many afflictions done a lot of like ghost stuff? Mm. Like they had one where it was like a ghost, like a person under a sheet. Terrible music these days, but okay, <laughs> remind yeah. me of that.
1: I mean that shot, it actually you sang about a band cover as well. That reminds me of a Brisbane band called Universes that I think have an EP called Smile, and even the same colours are used in the background.
0: Okay. Anyway.
1: I'll tell show you, what, you. I'll show you after
0: this and you can. Tell compare. You what about colours though. Did you notice any colour theory in this? Because I think I noticed one bit.
1: I a couple things. One was um the hospital interior is all pink and her apartment or a childhood home is all very dark. Yep. So it goes to show like, you know, when she locks herself up at home and is shuttered in, um, there's no
0: light. Well, that pink I know is a certain shade of pink that's meant to uh, like temporarily calm people down. Oh, okay. Which is odd enough. Like I think they've painted some prisons with that pink to like oh, try and reduce I violence. S- I think
1: I've... Seen insides of prisons mm. um, <laughs> I think you've seen <laughs> tours of prisons <laughs> I haven't
0: been inside Yeah when I did My tour in the prison Yeah Uh No the, the only thing That I noticed And I don't know What it means I just noticed it Is I, I feel like When there's a bunch Of the hallucinations mm. There's yellow
1: Yeah that's the other thing I was gonna say The okay. flowers In the vase That mm. this chick breaks Before she kills herself well, vibrantly yellow. And I was like, okay, that's in the first <sighs> scene. I'm going to keep my eye out for yellow in the right. rest of this film.
0: Yeah, so, so it kind of goes throughout the movie. Anytime the entity is there, there's sort of a yellow. Like I, the the main scene, I noticed it, which is odd, is... The uh,
1: flame at the end, I guess, sure. as well.
0: Is uh, Cutter's tie. Yeah, he's, yeah. is yellow in the vision, then <laughs> he rips his face off. We'll get to that. Yeah. But then later when he actually <laughs> pops up, in real life, he's got a different colored tie. It's yeah. Like, like, interesting.
1: Yeah, that was that was nice. Uh, And I guess if if people haven't seen this And they're confused by uh, your
0: introduction Then they should be watching the movie (laughs) Yes, Before they listen to the episode Yeah, what are you
1: doing? Turn this (laughs) off Go watch this movie now This is your homework Watch Smile And uh, this like uh, I don't know if he's like a a resident patient But they're familiar with him, right? This Carl guy Yeah Yeah. And um, I really like that Oh, because you see him actually before um, The chick that kills herself, right? Yeah. And he, yeah, they just think he's just like schizophrenic or something. He's definitely...
0: Well, he's having some sort of a manic episode but he's kind of there to set up like her character and like she's a psychiatrist. She's helping people. Mm.
1: I think also that might have been put there before the chick kills herself. So, when she comes in with similar symptoms, you don't expect it to escalate. because okay, they, they, yeah. they just talk him yeah. down
0: and take him back to his room. True. Give like an example of here's what everyday looks like. Mm. Everyday life looks like mm. in this place. You know, bringing a new patient who... He's not going to follow that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, I really like when she's, like, walking down the corridor of the hospital, passes his room, and in the background, he's just got that creepy smile. Yeah. You know what I would have liked, though? Is um, if... Because she comes back, like, to the threshold, and he's still doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's when he's like, You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. I I think I would have preferred if either they just left it as an Easter egg, and she just walks past and she never comes back to it's just so the audience is like oh did I
0: just see that I think they I think that would be good if they included a similar scene to have that as a background thing Mm. but you need that scene in this movie to progress the movie forward because because that's the like an incident that then causes her to get like a paid week off to take off work and then everything else happens
1: yeah that's true that's true. Because, yeah, the, the boss uh, essentially says, you're doing eight-hour weeks, you've been doing it for months, you're starting to see things, go home, you're too yeah. stressed.
0: Like, one of the only two characters in this movie who actually cares about her. Yeah, like, and because she level. is
1: a workaholic and, you know, they had that awkward dinner or that tense dinner with the sister and the partner and uh, in her fiancé is like, you know, what do you mean she shouldn't work weekends? Like, Rose loves being a doctor, she do it for free. So, it's, it's important to note that... Um, You know, she loves what she does, so she doesn't really see it as as work, but it's obviously physically taxing. Yeah,
0: but also she only loves it because it's like a deep-seated guilt. She's like, because she feels like she has to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so she's witnessed the suicide. The the curse is now latched on her and she goes home. So she's home for a week and this is like the seven days, right? Like the ring where Hmm. um, they later discover with her their ex, who's uh, a detective, says, you know, none of these... um, people who died none of these victims lasted longer than a week so they yeah. kind of use that to calculate it but at this point she doesn't know that right yeah and um she goes home and she's this is when she starts seeing things
0: mm-hmm. um i guess outside of carl in, in yeah this room. starts starts seeing things that blatantly aren't there not yeah not because there's two types of sort of hallucinations or scares in this movie there's the ones where it comes out of nowhere and it's like blatantly not real mm. and there's where it's something in real life that Turns out not to be real Yeah
1: There's lots of instances Of like Augmented reality
0: That's a better way To describe it Yes Augmented yeah. reality It's
1: like That person's really there But they're not They're not doing What she thinks They're smile. doing Yeah, yeah. Um, And I really like The first time You see it in a home And it's that same woman Who killed herself Like yep. in the shadows
0: I It made me realize Or remember Or pretty much Yeah Discover That, that I think that's my Favorite kind of scare In a movie mm. Where it's just It's a dark room and in the darkness, you can barely see nothing too creepy, but something or someone standing there. That's like why. It's, I, sorry, it's like it's this movie. It's it's in Hereditary. It's, yeah, and I honestly I think because in my life, that's what I'm most afraid of. <laughs> that's why I really want to watch Skinner <laughs> Okay, is there a lot of that? Well, is there something of that. For those who don't know, it's like it's a
1: newish um, experimental Canadian horror film, and a lot of people that have seen it don't really know what happens. Okay. And it, apparently, a lot of it's through like grainy camera footage. And, um, there are a lot of scares or just atmosphere where you don't actually know if you're seeing something or whether it's like matrixing and the pixelization. Right. But then the filmmakers have come out and said, no, there are actual people in suits on set. <laughs> but it's just like subtle enough that you second guess it as a viewer. Okay. And I love that shit. Yeah. Hell so yeah. we got to watch that. But, uh, yeah. Very cool scare. And, um,. The house alarm goes off, right? Breaks glass. And then I like she gets a call again, picks up the landline, and it's like this disembodied voice saying, turn around. Mm -hmm. And she's like slowly just about to turn around. It's this lingering single shot behind her head. And then the phone rings again, and
0: it's back in the cradle. Yep.
1: That was cool. Because it was like the first sign of her either going crazy or just being fucked with.
0: Yeah. And that's like the two main instances of... Of like the augmented reality where it's it's a, it's only a scare because it's like the needle drop moment of she's and she's talking on the phone and yeah both both of them use phones so that's another use of the phone yeah uh, but something is happening in real life and it's completely normal mm. until like there's one moment where in this it's the actual phone rings or oh no what what she say that the personal line says are you sure you didn't let someone in Rose yeah back like that's the, back door that's was the a needle jar. drop moment or when she's talking to a therapist later. And then the phone rings, and it's the therapist. Oh, it's that like was a good scene. two normal scenarios where one tiny moment in line just means like, oh, the last small bit didn't happen, and this is way scarier than you think it is. Mm, mm. Do you reckon that scene later
1: that you just mentioned with the therapist in the room would have been better or as scary if they didn't have
0: this scene first? Um, I I think it no, I think it's it's completely fine. I don't, it, think it, I don't think it adds or takes it away. Yeah, because when she like... Because it, it definitely... It still got me. Like I, I really thought the therapist was there. Yeah, because it,
1: it was no sign that it was not actually her. Like, it wasn't malicious. Yeah. Weirdly enough, just came around for a house visit and a welfare check, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was a really cool scare. And then, you know, she hears the therapist on the phone and then the therapist in front of her does the creepy smile. But I did not like the dubbed <laughs> voice... Pitch okay. down And then grabbing her with the xenomorph jewel. That was a bit much. I,
0: I'm i not a fan of how it looks in the movie, mm. but I, I do like it as an homage because it's done by like the, the effects in this movie were done by the same people who did the effects for Alien Three. Oh which, nice. which that scene came from. Yeah, okay. Which so it, kind of I don't know if it was surely it wasn't their choice. It was the director probably giving an homage to the same special effects people. That's cool. So like if you know that I I can look past it and get away with it yeah. but in terms of the movie it it's very out of place. Yeah, whenever
1: whenever I see a, a horror movie like post 2000s and there's someone that's possessed and they're speaking in like a obnoxiously low voice mm. or there's like multiple voices being layered in ADR like it just makes me cringe. Yeah. Take me back to fucking Pazuzu in <laughs> Linda Blair's body. Yeah. But um yeah, no all that was a cool kind of needle drop moment though when that phone rings and it's the therapist but uh another thing that i thought was a really cool scene um which also i guess ties into the deadhead's question we'll say later is she she's starting to sort of lose it and second guessing herself she goes to her her sister's son's birthday party buys him this like model train some
0: people call that a nephew Nephew, that's the word. He
1: <laughs> um, goes to her nephew's birthday party and she got him this model train, wraps it up in this nice box and and um, he's unwrapping the gifts and everyone's sitting around watching him and he opens it up and it's her dead cat that she hasn't oh, been able to find. Poor mustache.
0: That's yeah. a cute little cat.
1: Yeah. Lifts it up, all bloodied and gross and everyone freaks out and um, then like one of the sister's friends is like sitting on a chair smiling mm. at her and... No one else can see it, right? And then she stumbles back, falls into a glass coffee table, which is sick practical effects, by the way. Oh, yeah. Like the shards in her arms. And I love that it's just like a lingering shot and then (laughs) the shock sets in and she just screams. Yeah. That was nice. Um, Something about that scene that I wanted to ask you is, by this point in the film, do you think Rose did it? Like, do you think she gets somewhat possessed and she's picking up the phone, then putting it down again? She's packing... Cats in the box instead of a train Or do you reckon it's the thing doing it
0: I I had not thought about it And you're you're now making me not like that bit of the movie Because How could it be her Like why would she do that She wouldn't do that But nothing else in this movie Is showing the entity like Doing something outside of just a vision Mm. So the end In my in my viewing of the movie The entity can't do things itself This is the first time Other than distort reality
1: Yeah This is the first time It's doing something tangible That other people see right Yes If it was the entity
0: Yeah but so So I You've made me hate this part of the movie <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> so, so
1: maybe Rose did it And she was like I don't know
0: I think that like Yeah I don't know Because it, it kind of seems like They're going for The entity did it But Yeah Rose fucking did it mm. In my mind but yeah. but I don't like that because why would Rose do it? She she doesn't get possessed. Mm. She, yeah, sure she's sleep deprived and seeing things, but I because everyone sees to, the dead cat. That's why they everyone all freak sees out. the dead cat. Yeah,
1: and banish her from there. Oh,
0: I was not prepared to hate this part of the movie. Fuck you, because mm. I do love the the scene where she falls into the glass table. Yeah, it reminds p- me of like Fight Club or or oh, Scream, yeah. Scream Four. Yeah, it's
1: it's a good scene <laughs> and it's visually satisfying, Uh, the reactions are compelling. It's just that little bit. I was like, okay, as cool as that is for shock value, how did that happen?
0: Yeah. Damn it, I didn't think about that and now, you know, let's move on. Let's (laughs) let's move past that. I can overlook it for the sake of the movie.
1: Anyway, as she spirals into madness, you get some really nice Um, A lot lot of jump scares in this film But also there's some just like lingering scares Like you said before about the vision of the woman in the shadows Mm -hmm. Like there was one bit where um, I think it's after her and her partner Have kind of had a fight when she's tried to confide in him and, And tell him what's really happening Or what she thinks is really happening And then she's like in a room Shuts the laptop down, turns the light off, rolls over And she's visibly shaken And then when she rolls over you can see like An outline of someone in the doorway Yeah That was nice Because it's like She knows it's there But she also knows It's kind of Not real Mm -hmm. Kind of is But kind of not So she just tries to ignore it That's just Gave me like Such a sense of dread
0: Yeah I think Yeah I think this movie It kind of Balances perfectly The jump scares And the lingering scares Mm. Because you get so many good ones Of of both Yeah. So, the bit that I thought you were going to say was, instead of a lingering scare, is the jump scare, where she's sitting at her laptop in the darkness, mm. for some reason, and there's kind of, like, a back and forward between the laptop screen, and, like, there's, like, a waveform, and her, and the backward back, oh, like like back like to the waveform, she time. Zooms, uh, zooms in, she turns it up, and, like, it really, it like, you can tell there's a, a jump scare, scare coming, mm. but the way it happens is, like, it's got nothing to do with the laptop, it's just jumps up next to her and shouts rose yeah like that was a good jump scare i didn't think that was
1: going to be a jump scare i thought it was going to be like the sixth sense or the exorcist where they yeah. like enhance a recording and then hear a voice in the room with her okay okay but like, to my knowledge, you don't actually hear anything. It just yeah. lead, leads you down that path to give you the jump scare. Yeah,
0: it's like it's a jump scare, but it doesn't come from where you expect it. Like that's what mm. I was expecting, like some loud noise that's going to come out of the laptop. Ah, uh, yeah. Like but there's,
1: no. there's going to be nothing in the waveform, but then it screams or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah that would have been shit. But <laughs> the, the way it actually does it is good because as people of the pod, people of the pod... <laughs> Fuck, that, that's got to be a, a movie <laughs> we make the pod. <laughs> documentary on this podcast. As listeners of the pod probably know by now, I'm not a big fan of jump scares. I like slow burn and background scares, but that was a nice double bluff. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was good. And um, she gets, she, she kind of starts reconnecting with her ex, Joel, who's one of the detectives that helped out with her case and... Um, She essentially rocks up at his apartment and says, hey, I need you to do something for me. Go back through these police reports. I want you to find how these other people died that are connected to, you know, the chick that I saw die and then the the guy that she saw die and Mm -hmm. then, you know, visits the hammer victim's widow who says, you know, he saw someone die. So they kind of go back down this trail to kind of track um, how people died and how long Mm -hmm. they had and they see this like CCTV uh, video of this guy like a fuel station mm-hmm. just grabs these hedge clippers out approaches a woman putting gas in a car and stabs him in his own neck yep uh, I thought that was that was nice they they what they did in this um, I, I think what the concept of this film gives them the liberty of is thinking of some cool and creepy ways that people can commit suicide because the way the entity works Is it has to make it As horrific as possible Right Yeah
0: It spreads through the trauma So you really gotta be Traumatized by the shit Yeah Yeah and It's like you st- I, I, I like too how They don't even need to Show them all on Like mm. in video Like there's the photo Of a, a woman who Gouged her own eyes out Yeah It's like yeah. Fucking gnarly
1: And even when um, They You get like a flash image Of the Dude on the morgue slab After he like mm-hmm. Beat himself with a hammer And his mouth Is just like Fucking twisted And Teeth missing. Well well, that was that
0: that's the scene I was talking about at the start where that reminds me a lot of like The Ring where like the main character goes to, you know, a victim's family member and she's describing how she had to go and see the body. Yeah. And then it just flashes up with a like an image of the body.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. So she's tried confiding in her fiance and he doesn't believe her. She's gone to her, her ex, which she's obviously not comfortable with because she knows like he still has feelings for her and they burnt that bridge and she doesn't want to go behind her fiance's back. So there's tension there. He does the favor, you know, just because she's been through some shit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so then she tries to reach out to her sister, try and make amends for traumatizing their little boy um, with the, <laughs> the dead cat gift. And, um, they kind of had this revelation about, you know, their mother dying. And like I said before, the sister, um, hints that they're being an abusive relationship or, uh, the mother neglecting them in some way or another and, and need to get out of Dodge. And what's really, really sick is the way the scene ends is she kind of gets back in the car and she's breaking down, like all these people she trusts are turning her back on everything and she's crazy. And then in the background, you see the sister like coming back out of the front door and approaching the car. And she's, like, bustling. Like, you think maybe she's going to, you know, smash the window in or scream at her or something. But instead, she just, like, puts her palms on the glass and her fucking smiling head swings down on, like, a meter-long neck.
0: Yeah. It's freaky. It is freaky. If it weren't for the the CGI, then I'd like it a bit more. Yeah. Like, I very much like the scene. I'm not a fan of how it was executed. Mm. But it is such a cool scene. Yeah. And it, remind, well, it reminds, it's also like another scene in the movie, which uh, is another favorite. Well, it comes after favorite, where they do another, like, she's in a car and she looks out the window jump scare, where, like, Carl comes, like, just flashes up with a bloody mouth. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Well, that comes that after good. one of my favorite scenes in the movie, where, like, eventually she finds out that in order to survive, you can kill another person. Mm. And traumatize someone else Like have a yeah. witness to the murder Traumatize them And then yeah. they're the one You know Inflicted instead of having to commit suicide And so she kind of comes up with this plan To go and kill Carl mm. And have The the doctor as a witness Yeah And that's where I was talking about before He has a yellow tie in the hallucination Which you don't know at the time Yeah yeah. But I love how the whole scene plays out She just fucking does it Just starts stabbing Carl in the goddamn chest Yeah With uh, the doctor there watching but then it kind of goes back and forth like oh shit, the Carl the entity is Carl, Carl's the entity. And then it goes back to the doctor and he starts laughing and screaming and he rips his face off. Yeah. It's so wild and fun.
1: Yeah, that's that was good. And they do that a bit in this film, like they really play with your perception of mm. what's real and what's not to really put you in their shoes. Yeah.
0: It also goes to show like the entity is having fun. Like mm. it, it gets off on traumatizing these people.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting you bring that up at this point in the breakdown as well is because we just kind of mentioned how at this point in the film, Rose can't trust... Oh, sorry. People don't trust Rose, right? Everyone close to her thinks she's crazy. But now she also can't trust anyone because it imitates her loved ones. Yeah. So she never knows by this point if they're real or not.
0: It's just isolation on both points. Like, mm. it's isolating her from other people, but also, uh, also isolating other people from her.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, the way they find that out is they they find this incarcerated man who uh, they they organized to sit down and talk with. Um, is it he was wrongly imprisoned for murder when he just was a person who saw someone um, with the curse like horribly kill themselves? No, 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 no.
0: He had the curse, and he I can't remember how they explain how he found it out, but he he found out that. Oh, essentially by killing someone By by or, killing someone else And having a witness to traumatize It mm. passes it to them Because it's like the curse is spread through Specifically horrible trauma mm. Rather than like suicide specifically trauma Gotcha, yeah And so that and that's why he freaks out Once he finds out that she actually has the curse Yeah Which is a great performance by that man I don't know who he is mm, mm. But uh, like such a small window in the movie But he sells it once he finds out He's terrified of getting that curse again
1: Yeah, because I mean if you're in prison you got nowhere to go
0: yeah, and, I mean, worth it, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, sure, you had to kill someone, but you're alive. Yep. You're life in prison, but it's a life.
1: Yeah. And so, when she discovers this newfound information, she drives to a childhood home where, uh, obviously, that opening shot of the OD'd mother uh, was done, and she kind of gets that flashback, which reveals the death was accidental, and Rose has kind of struggled with this, grief that's burdened her, her whole life which is probably why she you know wanted to become a therapist and, and help other people with it and uh, the entity takes the form of her mother and while it, it went on for a bit it could have you know been seen as you know unnecessary because it doesn't like it doesn't really um, become malicious like when it's the therapist for example mm-hmm. um, or when it's Carl it's like it lets her just have like a heart to heart and what I like about that Is she can like finally say what she never got to Yeah And it gives her some sort of personal closure To a degree um, Before she You know
0: Dies (laughs) I guess guess that is a good way to look at it like My apologies I guess that is a good way to look at it like Yeah She does die But at least she dies Resolving her issues Mm. But Spoilers by the way
1: We (laughs) we didn't really mention that Yeah uh, Before this point
0: Yeah uh and that that's what i was saying before where people aren't a fan of you know like it kind of makes sense you, you go through this movie she resolves her trauma but then it it doesn't matter she dies anyway mm and then it passes on to fucking Carl Gollner. yeah uh but yeah it, it it is it is also too just freaky how uh like this whole movie it has just been taunting with her it's taking people's forms and then in this final like confrontation mm. it takes the form of the mother but warps it and, like, changes to become super long and, like, horrific and mm. and kind of in the way, like, I guess they were probably going for, like, that's how she viewed her mother. Like, super yeah. big and, you know, yeah,
1: okay. traumatic. I kind of got the vibe of, like, It remake, uh, I think maybe chapter two when, like, Beverly's okay, visiting yeah. the old woman's house. And in the background, it's, like, this long typical long-limbed, yeah, it, it, tall, see, skinny creature. I kind
0: of feel like it's definitely a, uh, like, a trope or a... A mm. thing that's my starting to get overused in, in horror movies these days.
1: Yeah, I do like this kind of final showdown, though. It's like she had that closure with a mom, even though it wasn't really a mom, and then you know they um, sort of battle it out in this um, lantern lit old house. <sighs> and um, at first, you know the the Torch didn't work And then she goes for Lantern And first time I saw it I was like Oh that's a bit weird That they've kind of <laughs> mo- Overtly like Put that there as an yep. option And then you discover why It's because it's she Check off Lantern Yeah yeah To, to just burn the motherfucker down mm. And um Yeah it was kind of like That whole scene Was like this metaphor For her Finally confronting her Her grief And like mm-hmm. coming to terms With that which was nice Um But we mentioned before About how many like Not red herrings But just double bluffs Are in mm-hmm. this film yeah. Um I really got like A 1408 vibe when yeah. she kind of uh it shows her driving away and then she after, gets to Joel's
0: like, apartment. She burns the monster and supposedly defeats it yeah. after the heart to heart and overcomes it and then drives to drives to Carl, Carl Gardner's house.
1: Yeah, so she's at Joel's apartment and then, you know, it looks like she's beat it. it gives you like a descent kind of vibe. Yep. And um yeah, then he just smiles and uh, walks out the door and it turns out she's back at the childhood
0: home. I, that's a very good transition though because she runs out of the apartment door after realising it's a it's another like hallucination. Mm. And then in her opening the door, it turns into her walk, like running out of the cabin's door into the, into yeah. the outside. Kind of like
1: the ritual where they blend the woods with the yeah, yeah.
0: liquor store. Like very good transition there. And mm. then, yeah, like that's... Right, cool, 1408 vibes. Yeah, really yeah. lets you settle into it really, for a few yeah, minutes. Really, yeah, it goes on and then she fucks back and then the real Carl Garner shows up and then she mm. runs inside and just lights herself on fire.
1: Yeah, that is the saving grace of that creature. As much as I don't like the tall, skinny, long-limbed shit, I love when it, like, kneels down to her, peels its face back and it's just rows and rows of teeth. Yep. And then, yeah, like, just... Pulls her jaw down, Beetlejuice style, and crawls into her mouth.
0: And that, my friend, is my picture for the movie. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Is, is when she's like kneeling down. Yeah. Wh- fucking mouth oh. ripped open a lot so it can climb inside, which was done like and it's, somewhat practically too.
1: And it's not gory, it's just like stretching. Yeah, it, you're like, it's stre- like stretching away. her mouth open. Like mirrors.
0: Kind of... <laughs> For some reason reminds me, yeah, of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Don't, don't know why, just stretching face. And then starts to climb in her. that's yeah. beautiful. Gnarly. It's very beautiful.
1: And I think as well, like you see the, the creature kind of like peel the skin away from its face, but when it's that side view, it's like whole body has been skinned.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Wild. Yeah,
1: gnarly. And um, what I really like about when uh Joel gets there just too late, opens the door, and it's just her standing there like douses in kerosene, slowly turns around with a smile on her face and sets herself alight. Um, is the final shot of the film is like a close-up of his eyes yeah. and her burning in the reflection. So now that he's witnessed a horrible trauma, he's next. Yep. They didn't break the curse.
0: He's it's a, like the ring. He's a cop. He'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah. Also, in the ring, they break the curse. Oh, I thought they didn't. Well, they they break it on themselves. Like, they pass it along.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. It's just not anyone they care about, yeah. I guess.
0: Uh, yeah, gnarly, but yeah, wild. And then you know what I love is like you get this like horrible like climactic like sort of action horror scene. Mm. Then the calmness of her standing there. Then she lights herself on fire, and then fade to black. And then what was it Lollipop starts singing <laughs> on the on the ending credits? Yeah, weird. What a song to end this movie on. Very odd. Well, half for me is because like it's like- such a depressing movie. But then afterwards, I had that song stuck in my head. It was like, lollipop, lollipop, oh, lollipop.
1: I guess it reflects the contrast of someone with this big grin on their face then, you know, killing themselves. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, good point. But um, I was not expecting the first time I saw this film to have that sort of final act where you see the entity in like that that kind of, dare I say, true form. Mm -hmm. I... I don't know in my mind if I would have preferred not having seen it and like it's only ever based on the reaction of the character who can see it and mm-hmm. just portraying their fear from an outside perspective. I don't know what I would have preferred more, but the fact that it was a really cool creature design, the fact that it skins itself and crawls in a mouth, that, that's forgivable.
0: Yeah. On, it, it's funny because I think because it is, it looks good and it's done so well, It worked out. Mm. And so, whereas if it kind of looked too CG or they didn't quite get the design right, then we would be here sitting here saying they shouldn't have showed it, you know, they should have just left it blank. Yeah. But I I just go to show like the execution of it is really the key. Mm, As far as
1: CGI goes, this was good.
0: Yeah. Like, I I guess because they didn't show it throughout the movie, it's Mm. just this final scene is when they show it. And, uh, Monty agrees <laughs> Yeah, Monty agrees apparently
1: <laughs> But yeah Yeah, you've already kind of touched on it But um, some of the, the shots in this film were, were really nice Like the aerial shots, the drone shots You know, driving through like the, the autumn trees mm-hmm. Yep, um, All the colours there Even just um, whenever you see um, at, Like the, you get that inverted sort of tilt like midsummer.
0: Yeah, I think, like I like when they use that in a movie To ch- kind of show like Things have been flipped upside down, you know, yeah. things are not what they seem now. Yeah. I used it, like, twice in this movie. Yeah, Just yeah. use it once. Once is enough. Don't use it again. You'll overuse it.
1: Or if you do do it the other way, have it be, like, the inversion of that. So mm. it's, like, upside down going to the right way up.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make sense of that in my head.
1: Uh, um, lots of symmetry, which I enjoyed, particularly when um, they're in the offices mm-hmm. um, or even, like, a prison meeting. I'm a sucker for like a a nice uh, Long shot from the side Of these two characters talking Level playing field kind of vibe Uh, Some tight framing Which also gave me midsummer vibes Particularly when She's like first Confessing To her fiancé in the car Mm -hmm. And he's like Leaning back against the window Because he's like Scared (laughs) And because she's like Pleading for him to believe her She's like right up in his grill It's this really like Close up on her Like uh, Disheveled face Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just made me really uncomfortable as a viewer, which I enjoyed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. We love a movie that makes us feel uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, a really cool kind of, it was like an atmospheric ambient score. Like I, it wasn't orchestral. Yeah. And coming off the back of Child's Play where there's like lots of strings in it, I really enjoyed um, that contrast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of enough to be unsettling.
0: Yeah, other than lollipop I don't remember any part <laughs> of the music. I'm I'm really bad for note for like remembering scores and, yeah. and and music and sound and stuff. That's cuz if it if
1: it fits you don't notice. Yeah. If it's guess, a bad choice it's jarring and you notice.
0: Yeah, it's like the sign of a good editor is you don't notice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless it's the <laughs> that was way off key. I'm sick. Give me what, a break. What was that meant to be? That was meant to be Halloween. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> wow, alright. Go that high. Anyway, I'll probably cut that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. This film, 2022 horror film, genuinely scared me. I,
0: Game of the you know Game of the, the Creeps. I would agree with that. I would agree. I would agree that at least one jump scare got me. Mm. And it gave me a small heebie jeeby, you know, just a, <coughs> a little single heeby jeeby. Heebie? There's one heebie and two jeebies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this was um, this was cool. I'm really powerful too. Like the way that it kind of implied this effect of, of trauma on people and, and carrying guilt. Um, we kind of touched on like the symbol of the phone ringing, um, even like the therapy sessions where they kind of overtly stated. Um, but what I like so much about like the curse of you know witnessing a suicide and then. Um, inadvertently passing it on, that's kind of like with trauma in real life. Like people, you know, whether you like it or not, um, we kind of carry that with us and the way that we've been treated, um, oftentimes we tend to treat other people that way, whether we realize mm-hmm. it or not. Sure. Um, obviously some people that have had, you know, unfortunately uh, abusive upbringings can be absolute saints when they grow up. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, in the most part, it's it's generally like traits That we see in our parents For example Sure We tend to, to imitate As we grow up Yeah And I guess the whole Suicide aspect of it Is kind of like Inferring that's Detrimental To kind of hold on to that and, Oh and yeah And not, not let that go Yeah So Or you could be like me And just forget all your trauma I don't remember it <laughs> Just block it all out <laughs> Something I put in my notes here That I wasn't going to mention But I'll, I'll I'll sling it your way In case you, you see something That I don't Because you're good at that Okay is the two sisters rose yes and holly okay they're both flower names both pretty flowers okay roses have thorns and holly yep. has
0: spiked leaves do okay. you think there's
1: something in that
0: what's the mother's name do you know the mother's name I don't know if you ever learned her name mm, yeah sure okay they just call her mum <laughs> yeah so look flowers thorns Maybe, Maybe it was
1: like pain and beauty. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: beauty and pain. Pain and beauty. Maybe they're these beautiful people that, because of their upbringing, have got these thorns to keep people at an arm's reach instead mm. of letting them in. The like whole that. A whole concept of uh, Rose's character is the reason her relationship didn't work out with with Carl Garner's character is because she started to feel him breaking through her walls. Oh, Where she literally she says that, doesn't she, she? Yeah, she didn't like that. So, like, she wants a partner who she can keep at an arm's length. Nice. So, she puts these thorns out to keep people away.
1: See, this is this is why I, I like doing this podcast with you.
0: <laughs> that could all be bullshit. I made all that up just now and oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I it's, it's
1: like you said, horoscopes. You can yeah. read into anything <laughs> and get the meaning you want. That's it. I, I'm probably looking way too deep into that. But in a film that has this... Many messages and, and subtleties. Surely, stuff was on purpose. There's, yeah, yeah deliberation there. Uh, so, we touched on it before. The the question that we posted in the Deadheads Facebook group this week was...
0: What thing in your life has traumatized you the most? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it was, what's the
1: weirdest gift you've ever been given or given to someone else? Mm-hmm. Your mum commented. My mother, yes. She said a life size <laughs> skeleton. However, I don't find it weird at all. And yes. we agree.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. So my mother loves skeletons. Mm. She's a she's a bit of a dark per, dark person. She mm-hmm. loves like casual horror movies, likes Friday the thirteenth. No I did it again. Nightmare Night Street. On Elm Street. <laughs> uh and oh there's another thing she likes Didn't they have movies. a pet called Kruger? No, she was gonna call her current cat like Freddy or Kruger, because mm. of the claws, but ended with, like, Marley or some shit. I no, think. okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, she loves skeletons, so she's got, like, two, maybe three life-size skeletons in a living room. Mm. There's a skeleton of a... These aren't real, by the way. They're obviously plastic. <laughs> yeah, in her closet. She, she, she didn't just dig just them up. <laughs> she's got, yeah, like, a skull, like, multiple, like... Uh, Dog skeletons When Christmas comes up She puts the, you know The hats on the skeletons Yeah, that's, and that's cool I don't find it weird I think it's awesome Look, I've not met your mum In the 15 odd years I've known you But I <laughs> feel
1: like We would get along very well Yeah,
0: she's She's, she's kind of like me She's very, very quiet But mm. Got some darkness Nice Yes My cool.
1: personal favourite <laughs> Sean, our boy Commented <laughs> <coughs> I can't even say it <laughs> <laughs> I got a potato peeler For Christmas last year <laughs> If I'm not mistaken,
0: was that from you? Uh, me and Alex, yes. <laughs> because great. Sean has decided to get into, like, cooking for himself. Good luck, Learning how to cook. We, we bought him a cookbook, I think, as well, for his birthday. Yeah. And... We've cooked a couple times at his house And he mm-hmm. has a, the I hate anyone who has a shitty potato peeler Like a plastic one Just a plastic yeah. In f- the bin Flexible Get rid of that shit You want a hard Don't be a Strong ghoul. potato peeler You get it from Ikea What is it? $2, $2.50 Something like that Just go to Ikea Get a mm. potato peeler Metal And it'll change your life Silicon grip That's yeah. what you need
1: Yeah All about the high quality peelers up in here
0: What about you? What's the weirdest Me? gift You've ever got Or given someone I was thinking of this it's probably going to be my engraved butter knife
1: that Je- <laughs> Jess and Dave got me. <laughs> so, um, for those... Well, you do eat a lot of toast. <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners of the pod that I don't work with, uh, it's kind of this, like, running joke that I always take peanut butter sandwiches for lunch. Every day at work, just because it's easy, it's cheap, and I l- have loved peanut butter since I was a kid. <laughs> so, as a joke, because of the amount of times they had seen me eating a peanut butter sandwich. They literally got a butter knife engraved with Dylan's peanut butter knife on I it for like me. I like
0: it. So it's not a butter knife. It's a peanut butter knife. It's a peanut butter knife. No, yeah. That's I it's mean, quite that's, fancy too. That's really good. That's like, that's super thoughtful. Yeah. It's, it's useful. I like a practical gift. It's strange, but it's one of the favorite things I've been given. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's beautiful. I, you know, the only thing I can think of, I've got some pretty normal gifts. The only thing I could think of is when I was younger, I used to love NutriGrain. <laughs> okay. And for my birthday. You got the value pack. <laughs> well, for my birthday, for some reason, I asked for like a certain flavor, just a box to myself of NutriGrain. Maybe it's a, a third child syndrome too. Never enough NutriGrain left over for Nathan. Yeah. But yep. Uh, yeah, birthday morning comes up. Boom. Nice box of NutriGrain just to myself.
1: Nice, nice. NutriGrain was my go to. Uh, when when I used to have cereal
0: quite a bit mm-hmm. I yeah. don't like it nowadays It's, it's too much Too much or something good. Yeah not And good. then you don't like not it a, Not a cereal guy anymore Yeah okay. toast Raisin toast Any toast Raisin toast Yeah, yeah It I smells it. good when it's toasting Yeah I've got raisin toast at work at the moment In mm. our freezer And every time I put in the toaster One of the chicks is like God damn it you Stop cooking that shit I can't eat it <laughs> Well we're coming up to uh, Easter You know what that means Ooh What do you mean coming up? January 1st They were selling hot <laughs> cross buns
1: Yeah I'm a sucker for it though like a good hot cross bun Chuck mm-hmm. them in the grilla only fruitless though Like I'll, I'll eat a standard one Fuck you Chocolate ones are a bit much Yeah Standard true. ones You know depends how many raisins are in them <laughs> But a fruitless like a hard That's
0: just bread <laughs> It's just bread with cinnamon
1: I'm like 80% bread <laughs> Have you seen how much I eat? <laughs> true Anyway Smile 2022 uh, We didn't give you a spoil warning But if you queued up an episode That's from two years ago You should have <laughs> known So do yourself a favour and watch it
0: Yeah I don't think, I don't think spoiler warnings matter. We mm. people know what this pod is about. The yep. title is of this pod episode will just be what smile twenty twenty two. Yeah, like yeah. People. no holds barred. Yep, we're going into it. Yes, well I hope you enjoyed. Uh, it won't matter to the viewers, but our next recording session will be <laughs> over a week from now. So mm. bear with a us. A big one. Yeah, bit Oh my god, number fifty. Dude, shit, yeah, we've nearly made one. it. Nearly made it. We got something special in the works. Something special that uh, a very particular person will will find enjoyable, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, But in the meantime, if you want to catch us on Deadhouse or Deadhouse Pod, or we have an email at deadhousepod at holman.com, we mentioned a Facebook group where we ask questions. That is Deadheads. Feel free to answer those and we'll uh, answer them. We'll read them out on the podcast. We'll post a question once a week. That's it. And uh new episode comes out every Friday at 5 p.m. We'll be right back.